Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore the apparent benefits of being, well, vague, less than precise, kind of equivocal, creatively hazy. I could go on. Nebulous is, um, this is a good word. Indeed. And um, ambiguous? Do you think ambiguous is better than nebulous? Well, both have, uh, have their merits. Ah, but you're being vague. Well, vagueness is and, uh, relative. The voice you're hearing, dear listener, is that of Professor Roddy Grubenthaler. Uh, uh, it's Grubenthaler. Oh, is there an umlaut over the U? No, no, no. Umlauts are for the E sound. Oh, right. Well, German was never my thing. Obviously. OK, so Roddy, is that short for Roderick? It can be short for quite a few names. But what is it short for in your case? I was born Ronald Rodney Rodian Grubenthaler. Rodian? It means uh, Song of the Hero, and it's of um, uh, Greek and Russian origin. OK, so which name is shortened to Rod? Rodney, I suppose. Could be any of them. Isn't that a bit vague? Exactly. Oh, of course. My father was an admirer of Dostoevsky. And uh, what's that got to do with it? Well, he's the protagonist of Crime and Punishment. Raskolnikov. Yes. His full name is Rodion Romanovich Raskolnikov. I didn't know that. Well, you read the book, no doubt. I have, well, a long time ago. Now, vagueness is an unusual subject to study, isn't it? Well, not as unusual as some. Well, like what? I'm sure you can think of a few. Yeah, but I'm asking you. And I'm deflecting the question. Is that one of the techniques you teach? Amongst others, sometimes. Let me get this straight, for the sake of the listeners. You teach an, a course, an actual course, in vagueness. We call it creative imprecision. And why is imprecision creative? It gives you latitude. Well, latitude to do what? Any number of things. Well, could you be specific? Well, now, that would be going against the grain, don't you think? But surely in certain circumstances you need to be specific. Which circumstances? Well, OK, well, let me ask you this. What are you a professor of, exactly? Well, it doesn't really matter, because the subject of vagueness is an extremely broad one. OK, I get that. But if you've become a professor, then you must have become a professor because you mastered a specific subject. That's usually what professors have done, I agree. So, tell me the subject you mastered. If it were relevant, then I would, but in this case, I'm afraid it's not relevant. You're certain of that? <laughs> Very clever. Uh, what's clever? Asking me to be specific about whether something is relevant or not. But it's a simple yes-no answer, whether the subject you mastered to become a professor is relevant to our discussion. Most things are relevant in their own way, and if you think deeply about something, then you'll find that most things are relevant to most other things, tangentially or directly, depending on the discussion and the desired outcome of that discussion. Uh, sorry, I, I, I didn't understand what you just said. Well, you probably would understand it if you thought it through. But I don't understand it, and maybe our listeners didn't either. Are you sure? Have a think. Our listeners don't want to hear me think. Well, what do they want? To be enlightened on the subject of being vague. Then, my dear fellow, you are enlightening them by interrogating me too vigorously. Sorry? Carry on. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Another error. Thoughts do not run on railway lines. Well, that sounds like a definite statement. It's a metaphor of sorts. Or might be a simile. 
My knowledge of linguistics is... Uh, Vague? Uh, yes, thankfully. Why thankfully? Because it doesn't pay to be too prescriptive with definitions. But why is that? Because it shuts down thoughts and discussions and dialogue. You see, one of the main benefits of vagueness is to generate dialogue. But that means you don't ever reach conclusions. Oh, conclusions are so... determinate. They're often dead ends. They shut down dialogue. They're obstacles to engagement between people. But surely we need to be conclusive when, when it comes to things like uh, like the law, for instance. <laughs> oh, fascinating. Now, you can't afford to be vague about the law. No, indeed you can, mostly. Uh, I don't understand. There's a lot of debate about the meaning of laws, and that's because most laws are vague. Deliberately so. We have a course in legal vagueness, which is mixed in with uh, other kinds of organisational vagueness, sometimes. I don't see how a law can be vague, though. A recent book from an American legal scholar identified quite a few areas where the law is deliberately vague. For instance, to start with something seemingly mundane, take a sign at the gateway to a park. It says... No vehicles allowed in this park. OK, makes sense. You don't want people driving their cars into parks. That's, that's dangerous and antisocial. Indeed. But what is a vehicle? Well, like I said, uh, a car, a truck, you know, a van, a lorry. Um, steamroller. Or most definitely a steamroller. Scooter. Well, it depends on the scooter. The scooter is a vehicle. Well, not really. A vehicle is defined as... A thing used for transporting people or goods. OK, so it's not really a vehicle. What about a drone? Could you take that into the park? A drone? Well, I suppose, a small one. So where does it say you can take a small drone into a park on that sign? Well, it doesn't say that. It just says vehicle. But what if you define a drone as vehicle? After all, there are drones that deliver things, even drones that carry people. Are there? I think so. OK, OK, so the, the sign is vague. Then it needs to be more explicit. But if you make it all-encompassing, if you list all the things that may or may not be a vehicle, then the sign would be excessively big. Well, I guess it would. So vagueness saves space, makes you think. It probably makes anyone with something that would be called a vehicle hesitate before bringing it into the park for fear they may be fined. I see. So what you're saying is that by being vague, you actually make it less likely that someone will be a nuisance or even a hazard in a park. Indeed. In theory. In theory? Possibly. Right. Uh, what you're saying, OK, let me just summarise it. What you're saying is that vagueness gives us the room to interpret individual circumstances or situations and puts the onus on the person with the vehicle to think about their obligations to others. You're a natural. But does that work for things like uh, murder? Possibly not murder. But this legal scholar identifies child neglect as an example where vagueness has benefits. Well, how is that? Well, think about it. What is child neglect? Well, it's uh, being cruel to a child. Well, cruelty is a vague word. Well, so is neglect. It is. But it encompasses a wide range of possibilities. And that's a good thing? Yes. Because then a judge is able to define 
based on the merits of the case in front of her, what constitutes neglect. And that helps deliver justice to the child. But isn't neglect obvious? Can you list every instance of what might be considered neglect? Well, um, uh, starving the kid, leaving the kid alone for long periods, not taking them to school... Um... It's a long list. What about not helping them with their maths homework? Is that neglect? No. What about refusing to buy them a mobile phone? Well, you might not be able to afford it. OK. Not doing so when you can afford it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Some kids might argue it is. It's all relative. But for the sake of argument, if a judge did deem a failure to supply a mobile phone as neglect, due to isolation and loneliness and a lack of communication with others, then the concept of neglect, vague as it is, would have been broadened just a little. Uh, I see what you mean. Oh, oh no, look, sorry, uh, I, I need to get this. Jay? I'll stop the recording if you No, want. no, 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 you can answer. OK, hold on. Hello, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm in the middle of a recording. What? When? No, 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 I, I can't, I, I can't do, um, I can't, I can't do Tuesday. Well, because, uh, because there's, a, there's a thing, a thing here at the university. What's important, it's all organisational, kind of, you know, about policy. OK. OK, well, we'll talk later. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Sorry about that. There. You're a natural, as I said. That was a triumph of vagueness. Was it? What are you really doing on Tuesday? Um, university business. <laughs> Enough said. <clears throat> In my book, you're a grade-A student, vaguely, perhaps. Grade-A vaguely? Instead of A-plus, we say A-vaguely. It's our little joke in the department. Are you OK to continue the recording? You should keep that phone call in. It gets my point across very well. You think so? Definitely. Ah, oh. <laughs> actually, haven't you just made a big error there? Do you think I did? Well, you said definitely, and that's the antithesis of being vague. It's a figure of speech. No, it's a word with a very definite meaning, which is that something is correct and precise. It's definite. It's definite, which isn't as clear-cut as it seems. What? Oh, I don't understand. When you de something, decode, defrost, you're undoing something. No, I don't think that's going to work, Professor. You, you can't get out of this one. I already have. Well, how? By changing the subject. Oh, to see, there are no right answers. And by being vague, you can obfuscate a question to the point where no one really knows what question was asked or needs to be answered, which then allows you the latitude to keep people together or avoid conflict or get yourself out of something as you so masterfully proved. I'm lost again. Let me quote from the legal book I mentioned. So this is a definite quote, right? Not a vague quote. I'm paraphrasing. <sighs> There you go, paraphrasing. You really are a master of vagueness, aren't you? Which answers one of your earlier questions. What? Which one? No matter. Here's the vaguely accurate quote. It's important sometimes to have no right answers. In the case of child neglect, that allows courts and officials to discover the right definitions within each set of circumstances without the need to refer to a long list of definite answers. Where X is a genuine borderline case of the predicate F, there is no right answer to the question, is X F? But 
there can be a right answer to the normative question, should x count as f? In other words, there's no right answer to discover as to whether x is child neglect, but there's a right answer to whether x should count as child neglect. OK, so if I understand that, it's up to the people dealing with a specific case at a specific time, right? Yes! Nothing is so prescribed that it can be argued out of existence. It's about interpretation. So my contention is that vagueness in most circumstances makes us more... human. Because there's nothing definite about being human? Exactly. You're sure? You've been trying to get me to make a definite statement, and I will satisfy you and your listeners. Despite what most people in corporations might tell you, being human is a vague experience. You can't measure humanity or be precise about what a person should or shouldn't do. You have to live each day and navigate ambiguity creatively. In my opinion, vagueness allows us to be human. It keeps us human and keeps us social. It's the basis of love and friendship and cooperation because none of these things can be narrowly defined as one thing or another. And that's what makes life so interesting and rewarding, as well as, at times, perilous. Hmm. Well, thank you, Professor Rod Grubenthaler. That really has been fascinating. You're sure about that, are you? Somewhat. And I hope you, dear listener, have been enlightened. Please don't worry about being vague. Enjoy it. Celebrate it and spread the vagueness wherever you go. And Professor Grubenthaler, will you be doing that this evening? I might. And I might not. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for listening, and please check out our other, often very vague, podcasts from South Mims U. We'll be making more of them, possibly. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>